by loving ourselves enough to know that we're good enough and that we're worthy of giving back to ourselves that just that domino effect that it then has in how we are in our life and in our business oh it's magic hello and welcome to brilliant misfits talks with women who are the renegades the creatives the entrepreneurs the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful, and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Aisha Kennedy here. Thank you so much for listening to Brilliant Misfits. And I'd really appreciate if you would please give it a review. It really counts for a lot. And also be a great help if you want to subscribe, if you don't want to miss an episode. And please, please share it with all your friends. I'm truly, truly loving interviewing these amazing women. It's such a surprise to me in a way that I am, but I'm just loving it. And they're women from all walks of life who are sharing their stories, their personal stories, how they didn't fit in, finding the gift in that and really creating new ways of being and doing in the world, which I hope will inspire you and encourage you to find your own way. So before I introduce you to my very, very special guest, and I have to say friend today, I want to mention that you can join Facebook group Brilliant Misfits. It's a private group for women to connect with other like-hearted women for support, inspiration, and sharing. And at www.asiakennedy.com, you'll find more information and other offerings for living a mindful, creative life. And so without any further ado, I'm so excited to introduce my precious dear friend who is doing amazing work in the world. Star Depre, and I'm just going to tell you a little bit about her before she comes on. Star is a passionate, she's so passionate and warm-hearted yoga teacher specializing in women's health. She's a feminine embodiment coach, a mindfulness mentor, an inspired writer and conscious rest specialist. Star loves empowering women to relearn the art of restoration and receiving supporting them to slow down, tune in, and rediscover a more feminine and sacred approach to this incredible life. So welcome, Star. I'm so happy that you're here today. Thank you so much, Aisha. I'm so excited to be here. I'm yeah, feeling really, really pumped, actually. <laughs> so I know a little bit about your work, but what I'm really interested in and what I want to share with the listeners today is a little bit about your story and why you came to um, creating work that is helping women to um, slow down, tune in and rediscovered a more sacred approach to living their life. So what was it that brought you to this work? Well... I guess like a lot of us that are doing this sort of healing work in the world, it came from my own dark night of the soul journey. Mm. So eight years ago, I, well, let's go back nine years ago, I was living what I can see now as a fairly dysfunctional lifestyle. I was very disconnected to myself and to my feminine essence and very much showing up in the masculine. So I was um, going to the gym a lot and I was pushing and I wasn't listening to my body. Um, I had a separation um, 
after a 12-year marriage, which was very messy. I declared bankruptcy that year and then I was sort of found sole parenting my 11-year-old um, and wondering what the hell I was going to do and how I was going to, uh, you know, basically support her on my own. And about six months kind of after all of those things, the divorce, the bankruptcy, um, I had a breakdown and I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, an autoimmune issue. And life was really challenging um, for the next few years as I really had to slowly start to recreate um, a new way of showing up. And eight years on, I still feel like every day is a part of that journey, the healing, um, realigning, recalibrating, because the conditioning to do it in that old way is strong. You know, I'm 44 this year, so I've been showing up in that very masculine um, way for a very long time. And so, yep. Mm. No, I was just um, wanting to ask, like, what did that look like when you say, oh, I was showing up in the old way, like just like an example of how? Oh, I'm yeah. just, just very, um, I guess when I talk about that sort of masculine approach, mm. I I was really coming from an energy of of um, pushing and, and striving mm. and proving. I get this tendency to be really, um, to be a martyr and I, I learned that from my own mother um, and so just this kind of, I kind of talk about this sort of suck it up and get on with it approach to life. So it didn't really matter what my body wisdom might've been communicating to me. I was either just completely disconnected to it and wasn't hearing it mm. or I just overrode it. And when I'm just going to go to the gym anyway, or I'm just going to do it on me. And so, mm, you know, yeah. I've done a lot of work around, I've done, done a lot of work around what I feel is underneath that for me and what I see is underneath that way of showing up for a lot of women and it comes from this place of not feeling good enough um, mm. just as I am. So it was this kind of thing about I've got to prove that I'm good enough not just for myself but to the world and I think a lot of it comes down to proving it to actually to my parents. Um, so it was just this push, 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 no slowing down, no listening, no being in the feminine and I pushed myself to break down. So mm. I guess that's kind of what I mean when I say that masculine approach to showing right. up yeah that sort of suck it up that just really summed it up um, <laughs> the, yeah. con the conditioning that I think <laughs> a, a lot of people are you know grow up with it's like well just get on with it you know and we kind yeah, of then yeah. ignore our own intuitive knowing about what's right and so we try to sort of fit in to this paradigm or this mold and we don't fit in and um and then we have those sort of breakdowns which yeah I would love to hear more about that yeah I love what you're just saying because it really resonates with me and it resonates with the whole topic of your beautiful podcast series which is brilliant misfits because I've always been the misfit mm. and I can see how actually being the misfit is where a lot of my underlying core issues have actually been nurtured from, you know, as a teenager, really being very different, very independent, not like the rest of my family, really having a different, you know, the black sheep, and I, I lovingly call myself that, um, <laughs> having a very different life view to my family, to my siblings, to my parents, and being very different and seeing that in my teenage years, this this me that I am now, you know, the, 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 the little alternative me, I guess, the hippie me, so desperate to be acknowledged and loved for who I was mm. and my parents really struggled because I was different and I can see how that planted a seed of I'm not good enough as I am because they want me to be very 
much like my other siblings and conservative and just you do what you do, you know, you get a good job and you get a mortgage and you sort of play out life that way. And I've never done it that way. Mm. And I can see how even though there was always this is there's always been that rebel in me in I was one just hand. Say that. You're a bit of a yeah, rebel. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Very <laughs> radical rebel. And I love that. And yeah. you know, I question everything. Mm. I can see how that's that's been there for a long, long time. But on the other flip side of that is is also the conditioning to do things a certain way and still even now feeling this bizarre underlying thing of wanting this sense of approval mm. of, of why I'm living my life, you know, this sense of parental approval. So I can see how even though I was doing things differently and I had this more rebel, rebellious or radical approach to how I showed up in life in comparison to the majority, let's say, I can see how I was still doing things in that old paradigm and still doing it in that masculine way and, and pushed myself and led myself to that ultimate dark night of soul breakdown, which has been the greatest gift. And I can say that now when I'm not actually really in the suffering, mm. the greatest gift and the greatest blessing because it's really, it's really put me on my path and my purpose has really been unveiled from that dark journey. Yeah, I suppose being in that dark space and having your body collapse on you and, you know, just questioning everything. I mean, in a way, having the body collapse is nothing you can do. So you, you do have that space. It sounds really weird, but then you just have this space to kind of really reevaluate everything of your life up to that point. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for me, because of the nature of the fibromyalgia and how that manifested, it was very much a lot of physical pain in my body, in, mm. in all of my body, yeah. and deep, deep, deep exhaustion, like to a point which I'd never experienced before. And the journey, you know, I always considered myself a bit of a slow learner in a way. You know, the universe has got to really throw something huge at me. You need the two by four. Yeah, 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 something like that. So, you know, the universe was like, okay, you know, I've tried some more subtle ways to get you to get this and you're not getting it. So here you go, take this one. And so that's, you know, that, that kind of manifestation of the breakdown. And it took a good probably two years of being in that space before any true healing occurred. And I can really look back at that reflection and realize for the first part of the journey, I was in denial and I was in full resistance and I wasn't in acceptance. And I wanted to be, initially I wanted to be not obviously where I was in the suffering and I wanted to be back where I had been. So I wanted to be, I wanted my body back that could just bang itself around the, the yoga mat really, you know, looking really good at yoga. And I wanted to be in that place. Mm. And I remember maybe about 18 months in, like, again, I said, I'm a bit of a slow learner. I had this revelation of like, why would I ever want to be there again? Because it was that way of showing up that ultimately led to this breakdown. But the healing journey continued because then I started future gazing and it was like, well, I still couldn't be in this body in this moment with the suffering. Then I was looking forward to where I wanted to be, which was not in the suffering. And it was only when I was able to truly accept being in this body in this moment with all that that entailed, which meant a lot of pain and discomfort and tiredness and suffering. Mm that a shift happened and I slowly started to move out of that space and really the true healing began when it was uh, when I truly was able to accept being here. Mm. And so that that part that you're talking about being, you know, in suffering with your body, um I know that you're quite a spiritual person. Did did that sort of catapult you into a more spiritual quest in your life and uh, having 
su- having suffering, oh, sometimes we just turn to yeah. you know a deeper a deeper part of who we are, not just the body, but something deeper. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I guess up until then, I'd lived what what might be perceived from the outside as a very spiritual life, had a very spiritual approach to life, yoga teacher, but very attached to the physical practice and really Mm. struggled with some of the other um, aspects of the yoga practice and philosophy, particularly the sort of the mindfulness and the meditation. I was so manic, so busy, my mind just wouldn't slow down. And in that two years when I was physically unable to do anything, even sitting in a meditation position was painful. Um, I really didn't have anywhere else to go. Like I, I, I wasn't able to use my body as that escape. It was like I had to go in and um, the depth and the revelations and the insight and the connection that I began to form with myself and the sadness that came and the grief of the way I'd actually been treating myself mm-hmm. really started to fuel this, this kind of what I talk about, this new gentle and feminine approach. It's like I'd really disconnected to the feminine. And so I really started to changed the way I lived my life and I really started to bring in a lot more um, intuitive listening and restoration and mindfulness and and um, reconnection to my feminine and reconnection to my cycle and things like that that really started to carve not just how I was showing up in my own healing journey but ultimately then the work that I do in the world has come from that place. Mm, that's beautiful. It's a, I could feel when you were talking that deep compassion that comes out of those sorts of journeys that we have. And and it starts with self. Like you said, you had, you know, deep compassion for yourself. And now that's sort of in your work where you're helping other women to find that deep compassion for themselves and to really create a new way of being in the world that's not pushing and striving and struggling. Mm, mm. And I think it I think I I really believe that I had to go down that intense journey of suffering to get it on that level I mean we can all feel empathy and compassion but unless you've suffered um you know I remember being a yoga teacher before I'd been in any physical pain I'd understand when somebody came in with an issue physical injury or whatever Mm. but I didn't get it to that level and I remember my partner used to say to me when I was in that suffering in that few years of suffering he said this is only going to deepen the level of understanding and compassion and empathy you have as a yoga teacher, he was sort of looking at it at that place. And of course, I do so much more than that. Now, I might use yoga as a tool, but it's so much more than that. But I really believe that the suffering that I experienced has given me just such a deeper level of understanding of another's suffering. And I'm grateful for that. (laughs) You know, I'm really grateful for that journey. Mm. And I want to go back. There was something really that you said that I I think was really brilliant, and I think that it happens to a lot of us um, when we're in a in a dark night of the soul. And it doesn't have to be the the depths. I think there can be little ones here and there in our day to day lives, even. And there's this energy or this thought that we want to get back to where we were. Like we think that. <laughs> I know we, I can hear you giggling, but you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Yes. I mean, and I, I'm sure the list, yeah, some of the yeah. listeners can also relate to this. Sometimes, you know, things things happen to us, or you know, it can be physical, anything, emotional, and we just go, I just want it to be the way it was. And and then you said future gazing, and I love that phrase, future gazing. So, what? How does? How did that transition? Like, how did you go from? 
well, I just want to be to where I was to realizing that, oh, wait a minute, there's something else out there. Because I think that's really important for um, us to, when we're in that place, that not going back, but knowing that this is an opportunity to step through something and to create something new in our lives. Interesting and complex question. Such mm. a, you know, it feels like another lifetime ago that that place that I was in. And I, th- I think for me personally, just the level of inquiry that I was embarking on in that journey like I said you know a lot of my normal tools weren't available and so I was really I feel very much like I was lovingly nudged gently forced by the universe to really look within Mm. and I think I think with that deep self-inquiry that I was really having to do around the way I'd been living and this sort of dysfunctional approach to life is the way I kind of put it um you know, that insight that came for me eventually um, was, wow, like I just, I don't want to show up like that anymore. That just led me to this. And I guess from that insight, I don't know, it just, it flipped around. It was like, Mm, okay, well, mm. I'm, I'm here and I'm not going to, you know, the past, you know, it's that mindfulness about not being in the past, not being, the past is dead. It's, it's done and the future is unknown, but it was like, well, I don't, I don't want to, I can't go back, you know, mm. and I can, I can take, I can take the, I can take the, the lessons and the beautiful gold nuggets from that, from the journey I've had to this moment. But now I want to move forward and I want to create a new way. You know, it's like, mm. I, I've got to create and carve out a new way because I'm, I'm not going back to that. And so I made a deep commitment to myself that I would never compromise myself in the way I had, that I wouldn't compromise my health in the way I had. And, don't get me wrong, Aisha, it's hard because that conditioning is there and every day and all the choices I make each day, it's constantly having to come back to that commitment. And I see, you know, and I have, I've had moments in the last eight years where I've seen that I'm going back down that old path of, of showing up in the masculine, but I'm more aware of it. I'm more in tune with my body's wisdom now and I'm more able to listen. And because I've made that really deep commitment to myself, it's quite easy for me to kind of quickly course correct and recalibrate and come back to hang on no I'm not showing up like that you know but there's a lot of energy behind that and sometimes I still feel the guilt (laughs) and I think we all can understand that collective Mm. guilt around taking taking time out for myself and showing up in this new way and am I going to be able to have a thriving abundant business and serve these women and get my gifts out into the world if I'm just having a nap or taking a rest so there's so (laughs) much to it I think that's so important. I think that's the hardest thing uh, for women is to give to themselves. So, you know, we're, you know, a lot of times you can be good at, and we can be good at nurturing, giving to others. Um, But just taking even an hour nap, sometimes it's like, oh, no, I can't do that, you know. And there's this constant, I have to just share with you a little bit. Just recently, I noticed um, when you're talking about feeling that masculine in you and then recalibrating. and I want to get back to that, like to, you know, offer the listeners a little tool that maybe they can use or, you know, how they would recognize that. Because I noticed the other day I had this thing inside myself and I felt like, like this is rushing feeling, like I want to rush, I want to, you know, rush. And, and along on top of that, there's this layer of like this anxiety, like I'm not, you know, I'm not getting there fast enough. And it's a, you know, it can be the mm-hmm. subtle thing, but what, you know, what, brings me back to what you were saying is the feeling and I felt it in my body and I dropped into that place which was around my belly and you know and just feeling that tension there 
And then I went, oh, hang on. I am doing this and it's not reality because I'm thinking there's not enough time, but that's just a mental concept. And it was, you know, it was all a little, I won't go into detail, but it was all this sort of happened within a few minutes that I could recalibrate and come back to taking a deep breath and just feeling like, yeah, everything is completely fine. And this rushing feeling is just that conditioning that a lot of us carry about having to be more, do more, create more, you know, it's just this whole thing of just pumping out and producing, producing, producing. And I think it's really important what you're saying about, you know, receiving, give women being able to receive and not feel guilty about it. So I know this is part of your work. And would you like to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, no, I'd love to. And thank you for sharing that experience. And I think that's a really beautiful um, sharing for your listeners as well, that that it is, um, you know, that we are able to actually recalibrate fairly quickly. And the, the quickest way that I know, and I think you'll agree, and you've just shared your own experiences, is coming back into the body. Mm. So being able to actually d- deeply connect with your breath with the sensations you're experiencing in the body where you're feeling that emotional that that anxiety where is it in your body coming back to the breath and really noticing it and being with it and welcoming it rather than denying it wanting to move away you know we're so conditioned to move away from discomfort rather go into that sensation really be with it and notice how it starts to dissipate and dissolve and things will start to shift and all of a sudden your experience was actually okay it's all right it's divine timing you know, my idea that I don't have enough time is really just an idea. It's a thought. It's a construct. It's not real. Mm. And there's that conditioning underneath it. So you're able, able to recognize it by coming back into your body. And I guess that's part of the feminine embodiment stuff that I do is that we're so mm. in our head as women a lot of the time. We're so disconnected with with the body. So it's about just coming back into the body and accessing the wisdom from that place. So going on to the sort of the message, you know, my core message is this idea of, you know, slow down, tune in and thrive. And I guess what I mean by that is, you know, the slow down part of the message is this idea that taking time out every day, you know, you can use the buzzword self-care, whatever you want to put there, but taking the time out every day and it doesn't have to be a lot of time because, yeah, we're busy and we're multitasking, we're running businesses and we're mums and we've got a lot going on and life is really full but committing to giving back to yourself every day, even if it's just a 10-minute, you know, space, mm. to just to, to tune in, you know, and it might look different every day. It might be, you know, I'm a big fan of restorative yoga and it's one of the main tools that I teach. So it might be just a restorative yoga practice to, to soothe my nervous system and to connect. It might be meditation. It might be getting out in nature. It might be a walk on the beach. It might be being creative. It's whatever helps you and what's going to be unique for each of us mm. to just slow down slow down and when we slow down and we create that spaciousness to be still and to be quiet we're then able to actually access the wisdom that's coming through so you know that inner wisdom the intuition again whatever you want to call it it's always there speaking to us but you know life is so busy and loud that often we're just not hearing it or you know like I said earlier for me personally I might have been hearing that inner voice but I was overriding it with my mind thinking I knew better and I know personally whenever I don't honor the intuition that I hear and I go down a path that I think is better or more suitable it just ends up going pear-shaped so from this place of and taking time out for restoration and giving back to, to refuel, to fill ourselves up, to nurture ourselves, to nurture the nurture because that's what we naturally are as women. We are able to access our intuition. And for me, I feel from my own experience and from that of the women I work with, we then make more aligned choices 
about how we're going to show up in our life and biz. So for me, it's like when I'm taking that time out to tune in, to slow down, to rest, to access my inner voice and my wisdom, I then know which direction to go in. And when I'm showing up, I'm coming from a place of vitality and fullness. I'm more creative. I'm more inspired. I'm more abundant. I'm not showing up half empty, exhausted, burnt out and expecting miracles to come from that place all by actually taking the time out. So that's where I thrive because I'm actually taking that time out. And I mean, we could go into another whole topic around, um, you know, honoring your moon cycle or your menstrual cycle in that, but that's like another whole talk in itself. But that also comes into what I do in my life and my business really aligns with where I am in my cycle, knowing that when I'm bleeding, it's a time for rest and reflection. And when I'm ovulating, that's when I'm more out in the world and I've got more energy and creativity and it's when inspired action takes place. So that's kind of the core of my message to really help women to remember or relearn, I say, I guess, the art of receiving and restoration practices and how actually by doing that every day, by giving back to ourselves, by loving ourselves enough to know that we're good enough and that we're worthy of giving back to ourselves, that just that domino effect that it then has in how we are in our life and in our business, oh, it's magic. I love watching that happen. I love mm. seeing it in my own life when I really when I really honour that, but I love seeing that with, with the women that I work with especially. Yeah, that is such an important work. And I, you know, it really has deep, wide applications, you know, whether you're a stay at home mom, or whether you're a businesswoman creating online business, or you, you're doing both, you know, raising children and creating a business for yourself. This is so important, this message and that when what you're bringing yep. through star, it's incredibly important, because there is a tendency to work the way it's been. And when I say the way it's been, yeah. I'm talking about the old way, the paradigm that we've been seeing and taking on unconsciously. And it's, you know, there's no fault or blame to it. It's just how the world has been, but it is a very mental approach to life. And I think the feminine rising now is giving us another choice to really tune into a different way of being in the world and doing things in the world that isn't just in the mental realm. And I love what you're saying. And I think um, for me, the way I interpret the the masculine feminine is the the feminine, the feeling, the intuitive is the one the one place that we need to connect with and operate from that place. And the mind, which is the masculine, is in service. It's in service to the feminine. And then it's a beautiful marriage. Yes. Absolutely. I'm so and I guess I really want to state that as well, because I think sometimes with this kind of divine feminine work that a lot of women out there are offering now, which I'm so excited about, mm. is that I think sometimes looking from the outside in, others may perceive that it's about just the feminine. And mm. I, that's not my message at all. For right. me, I tend to work with women that are very in the masculine and incredibly disconnected with the feminine. And I'm, um, my aspiration is to help them to begin to have a relationship with the self and the feminine self again, but not in denial of the masculine. It's about finding that beautiful balance of the healthy masculine and feminine, as you said, creating this beautiful union between the two. And I love the way you put that, that the masculine mind is in service to the intuition and the feminine wisdom. Mm -hmm. And it's about accessing that wisdom and then making those choices of from that place. Mm. Oh, I'm so, I'm so excited and passionate about your work. And, um, 
And I'm sure the listeners are just saying, yes, please give me some of that. I need some of that because as as women, we all do. We really do. We all do need to just take time out. And, you know, we think of it as like, oh, that's going to interfere with our, you know, creating what we need to do and what we need to take care of and we don't have time. But really what you're saying is even just 10 minutes, I mean, come on, 10 minutes is nothing. And we can give that to ourselves every single day and we can find the most creative ways to do it. I mean, who doesn't like to just go for a little walk in the morning? I mean, it's just magic to just take yourself out, be out in nature. It doesn't matter if you're in a suburb or a city. Take yourself out for a walk is just one simple, one little simple thing. But I know that you have heaps of tools to help women with. And I want them to know how they can get in touch with you, Star. So could you please just give us um, your details if someone wants to get in touch with you and say, hey, yes, I want some of what you're offering. Absolutely. Thank you, Aisha. So if you are curious about exploring and finding a new way of showing up for yourself and reconnecting with your feminine, um, you can find me at my beautiful website, Divine Star, which is www.divinestar.com.au. I offer um, beautiful weekly classes um, in my local area, and I teach restorative yoga, yoga for feminine vitality. Um, I'm just starting a new offering in my area Um, soul sister sessions, which is going to be a monthly themed offering where we can come together and really lay down the mask and be really authentic with each other and explore some of the themes that I think are stopping us collectively showing up as the best possible versions of ourselves and shining. And also, also offer some beautiful online work. So you can have a look at my, um, work with me page when you get on my website. And I also, um, write a fortnightly blog where I explore a lot of the things that we really talked about today. Mm, Beautiful. And, um, I, I hope I'm not mistaken, but but I think you also have a, a, a meditation that you offer people as well, which could be a really good way to start to, you know, tune in and rest. Yeah, no, I do have some meditations. I'm just in the process of uploading those to Fantastic. my website. I created one recently. Ray created one recently called You Are Enough and I think it's a really beautiful gift because it's an old story that we need to collectively let go of because I believe that a lot of the dis-ease that's manifesting for women, and I do work with a lot of women that have a lot of health-related issues, I really believe a lot of it comes from this, I'm not good enough or I'm not enough, and then we push ourselves to burn out trying to prove to the world that we are. So I created a little, just a little short meditation to start to rewrite that story. Yay. Woohoo. I can't wait for that to come out. So listeners, I'm going to have all of that information on the show notes. So you don't have to, you know, write it down. It's, it'll all be there, all the information of how to get in touch with Star Day Prey. And, um, I love that name, Star Day Prey. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to wrap up now and thank you so much, Star, for your beautiful wisdom, your heart, your compassion. I love that you're helping so many busy women out there to slow down and tune in and to thrive. And ladies, just really get in touch with her. She is just magic. Thank you, Star. Thank you, beautiful, for having me. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.